Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, Trump signed an executive order on policing. And it weirdly reflects, in my opinion, a lot of the stuff that was in Obama's 21st Century Policing Task Force document from 2015, which I had mentioned, which is reflected in his latest recommendation, Obama's, which was like 150 pages, just like the original thing that went before Congress recently. I've been telling you about it. And by a strange coincidence today in the Wall Street Journal, there was an article. The title was Obama era ideas get some traction. And they talk about some of the things that Obama recommended, which was requirements or standards, models for use of force, data collection on use of force on what ha- when there is an incident involving the community and oversight, treating people with dignity, having diversity in hiring and having de-escalation training. Now, data collection, of course, and use of force and de-escalation training are all things that are in the executive order. And the executive order is very interesting. So one of the things I expected, two things I expect are the that there was going to be a kind of department of policing and the department of uh, kind of like a department of education. And also that there would be like a kind of nationalization, maybe a backdoor kind of nationalization of the police that they couldn't really do it because it'd be very unconstitutional, a lot of different directions. Doesn't it talk about national standards in it? I'll tell you what it says. Yeah. So one thing is the executive order has a certified credentialing body in order to get federal funds. And the attorney general is going to authorize these so-called independent bodies, but by making sure that they use his standards for use of force, de-escalation, early warning signs for cops who might be going bad, and community engagement. This stuff really reflects Obama's recommendations. It sounds then, like Obama. So, sounds like Obama? It sounds like Obama, the way that he speaks. Community recommendations, community policing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it definitely says that stuff, but it doesn't really seem to to bring that home. I don't think they. There's some of the other details are it wants to prohibit chokeholds unless deadly force would otherwise be used. They want data sharing on the use of force. That's straight out of Obama's. They want social workers and cops trained in mental illness, drug abuse, and homelessness. They want co-responding. So that was kind of foreshadowed by what happened in San Francisco. Social workers should co-respond. So are they saying they want Social workers that are trained in those things and they want both and- cops and social workers to be trained in those things. Wow. And okay. that and that they could have co-responding where they both respond at the same time. San Francisco is, is going to separate when a social worker responds and when a cop responds. But this is supposed to have some local control. But the the attorney general is also going to propose legislation to Congress to and this is where I really think I cracked the code to increase grants. So. Uh, for to increase congressional grants to local police forces for such programs as these, like corresponding credentialing police forces, uh, use of force and de-escalation training and standards. So here's what I think. This whole movement for defunding the police are all at the local levels. So then 
At the same time, Republicans are pushing down because they're all law and order. They're pushing down more money. So the idea was that two last yesterday, last week, I read an article that said $200 billion of tax revenue was lost by the states, which seems very light to me for COVID. And then this Republican senator from Louisiana suggested that they that grants and aid and stuff go to compensate for this lost revenue to the tune of 500 billion, which is way more. And that the idea would be to enhance public first responders, public safety and that kind of thing. So if they're taking what was 200 million of losses, but they're more than doubling that at the same time, the states are defunding the police forces and moving that money into social services. Then you have the states doing the social service, but the feds are going to be funding it all. And the funding is going to depend on using an independent credentialing agency that is completely certified or authorized to do the credentialing at the whim or at the will of the AG who is going to set the national standards. So it is a complete backdoor way of not only setting all the standards, but also providing the money if they don't. And then if at the local level they stop funding the police, they will have no choice but to use all the f- federal standards to get the federal money, which they are going to need. Yeah, that sounds kind of like the Google News Initiative, the way that they internationalize the news, so to speak, in that they have all these local news agencies getting all the money from these Google News Initiatives while all the other ones are, all the other media are going out of business. But they're also being trained in the model of Google. They're being told, they're being delivering Google's talking points. So it seems like it's coming locally, but it's all coming from the top. It sounds like a similar thing going on here. Could be. I just, I think that it, it, I was waiting to see how it all came together. And I, I just, I feel like, I mean, sometimes I look at these laws and it's not really clear what the agenda was, but I feel like this is absolutely all working together to this agenda. And that is the direction I, I see it going. And Congress has similar legislation on in the pipe. So I feel like they're all on the same page. Yeah. And I, I'm curious to see how the Republicans are going to react to it. Who knows? There's another thing. And then I have an idea of like what how I will evaluate whether Trump is going to win again. So I begin to think that he's not because he had, I thought he was going to usher in this crash and, and he has the other thing he said he was going to do. And I feel like this really will take a Republican is the infrastructure program. And that came out today again in the news that he wants to do an infrastructure program. That's going to do traditional stuff like roads and bridges, but also fund 5g expansion and rural broadband. So I was thinking, is there any way he can get this done by election day or by the time he's inaugurated again, if he can get it done before January, which would be the next guy, the next president would come in, then I don't think he's going to win again or needs to win again or whatever. And I looked and current infrastructure funding expires on September 30th. So they could use that as a reason to push this infrastructure spending through. And I feel like that is a sign that that Trump maybe is not slated to get reelected. Yeah. And there's been a lot of power outages or outages nationally with at least Comcast, maybe AT&T as well. I've been seeing more wireless, about this anyway. wireless, wireless, not electricity, right? I'm not talking power. about. Yeah. But you're talking about 5G as part of the infrastructure. And if you have these networks going down across the country frequently, then that's going to give rise to you need to do something about this. We're all relying on working at home virtually more. So we need someone to fix this. I was reading articles saying that that 
denial of service or directed denial of service attacks were cyber attacks meant to cripple the Black Lives Matter protests. Now, I don't I don't know. I, I doubt that. I'm sure it's some kind of bigger psyop, but I see this. However, they're going to interfere with wireless, and I've been expecting them to interfere with electricity, with even water, with basically all the infrastructure stuff. And this one is going to be used as a, it is certainly being couched as an, a, a cyber attack. Yeah. And being used for that purpose. It could be a cyber attack. I don't know on who. Black Lives Matter is pretty powerful. Maybe somebody cyber attacked them. I don't know. I want to say something about that executive order. The Black Lives Matter movement, the Antifa movement, they say it's not enough. They say the executive order is not enough. And that's a predictable response, even though, like you said, it's very similar to what Obama was trying to push through as well. But it's not enough. And the reason it's not enough is because it's never enough. If it was ever enough, yes, they would not be able to organize. They would not be able to mobilize. It's never enough. If you're a part of this movement, you need to understand that. You will never be satisfied. They will always gen up something to make you hate someone, to make you feel as though you have to continue organizing. You have to continue doing what they say. And they really aren't concerned about what happens to the people protesting. They're gaining their own power from this. And I, I think from what I've been reading on all this, it seems like the the intellectual or philosophical godparents of this stuff are very ideological, very committed to a complete elimination of policing and prisons as a way of the world. And that will help those the protesters or whoever they're guiding to not accept anything, to to not accept any compromise. And then that kind of brings in a dialectic that I see emerging. I haven't completely gotten my grips on it yet because I hate reading stuff about Stacey Abrams. She annoys me. But there was a CNN article that was about her that basically I called, I would title it, No More Mr. Nice Girl. And it and it really reflected the pussy hat thing. Like, I am not a nice, I'm a nasty girl or whatever. Remember, who is that? Somebody saying I was nasty. Alyssa, Alyssa Milano and the Herc. Yeah. So they were all, I'm a nasty girl and only nasty girls get things done. And, and Abrams has come out as kind of being the great conciliator. I said the great gap bridger and someone thought I was making reference to her teeth, but I was not. It was an accident. So that she was coming out as this conciliator on the one hand, but a tough cookie on the other who's going to take the VP nomination. She's not going to wait to be given it. And then. That was what I saw on CNN, but in the Wall Street Journal, which is Fox, it had Kamala Harris talking about how her law enforcement past was a disadvantage, but now it could be an advantage because she could get the answer, blah, blah, blah. And then at the very end, the last paragraph, it just threw a little sentence in there that is an absolute flag for me. And I think that that I don't know if her husband's going to be an issue, but this I think is going to be an issue that her husband is a Biden donor. So I think they're going to say she's the establishment candidate. She's buying this position. She was not a good choice. This is all establishment nonsense. And that's going to open the door for Abrams to take her rightful place as a leader, as a a person who deserves it, and that she's just not going to take no for an answer. And that's going to be what's so powerful about her. I just, I just feel like there is that something about the Abrams story is building to a crescendo. She's everywhere right now. She's leading this movement for 
voter access. She's been leading this movement for a long time, ever since she lost the 2018 election that she says that she won. She set up Fair Fight Georgia. They're teaming up with LeBron James now. We talked about how the way that they're approaching it is here. We're going to show you how to vote, who to vote for, and how the other side is going to try and prevent you. So it's not really giving people a choice. And there was a story that I saw that relates to this. It's a Wall Street Journal today. It said, Protesters marched to Georgia Capitol after killing of Richard Brooks. Atlanta organizers call on legislators to change criminal justice laws and improve voting access in wake of a killing of a black man by police. Now, what does improve voting access have to do with the killing of Richard Brooks? The, cause it and says, what does it really mean? It says... They're marching to improve voting access in the wake of this. No, they're not. Stacey Abrams has been leading this cause for months, for years. Since 2014, she's had organizations leading this cause. But whenever something like this happens, this is a perfect example of exploiting a crisis saying, oh, well, this person died. You want to get justice for Rashard Brooks, people who who listen to every word that I say? Then you need to call your senator and you need to demand better voting access. So Stacey Abrams just takes whatever this is and just ropes her issue in on the back of this crisis. It's terrible. It's exploitation. Oh, yes. I think that that is the name of the game in these politics, and they'll take anything. They'll put any... I'm sure climate's going to come, and definitely COVID, too. Yeah. Which, they, they did you notice a couple of things about COVID? Did you notice that the Two things happened. The FDA revoked the emergency permission to use hydrochloroquine and chloroquine for treatment. And then at the same time, they came out with or some other organization came out with the steroids that might help COVID, which I don't know how much you know. I know you know a lot about medical treatment because of your experience with your mom, but... With steroids, when you have inflammation, steroids basically helps anything because what it does, no, I shouldn't say anything, but steroids suppresses the immune response. So if your problem is the symptoms that you're having, you steroids generally suppress that, which is why you love them. They feel great. They make you feel great, but they're not really good long term. That's how my son, the only time he's ever in the hospital, was that he was using a topical steroid and then his little boo-boo got infected because it suppressed the immune response. So anybody who'd want to suppress, I just, it's just weird to me that steroids is what they're, they're touting as like the replacement for, or like the, the good low news. cost. They, they emphasize it's low cost, but I just, it's not a real cure. How could it be a cure? I don't know, but I just, it seems to me, my instinct tells me that steroids is not the cure. I don't actually think any of this matters because, of course, I just think it's whatever, no different from a regular flu or cold. I don't know how they're going to gin this up for a second wave. They're already saying that there are new peaks. And I have to think that there's going to be an October surprise around this. Yeah, they haven't accomplished their goals yet. Did it say I haven't read the article about hydrochloroquine yet? Did it say why it took it off the market? Dangerous side effects, I think, is what it said. Yeah, I'm I mean, I, I, read I did read study. the article, yeah. but... Uh, and, and there are always side effects for stuff like this, but I, there was it's one. It's a bandaid. The thing they suggested that you just mentioned is a bandaid. And the previous thing that they suggested, remdesivir, which showed to do nothing for the outcome, but yet they're pushing and they're doing clinical trials oh. and it costs a lot of money. See, both the steroid and both remdesivir, they can give to patients. It can cure nobody and they can have plausible deniability. But remdesivir is an old, AIDS drug, isn't it? It was what Fauci was trying to get passed and pushed for in AIDS, but it, he ne- it never got through for him. 
so they're trying I to push it now. I think some people were taking it. That's bad news. I That's think they did testing. They, they haven't I'm had reading, it. I'm reading Virus Mania. Yeah. And they're talking about the antivirals that made people so sick that were pushed. AZT, of course, absolutely toxic, killed people. But remdesivir and one other one came up. Yeah. Fauci's been pushing remdesivir for a and long so, time and- because his organization makes it. He will make millions off of remdesivir. He is a con artist. <laughs> Fauci's name came up in this book, too. And this was before the Corona times. It comes up in all these books about the kind of aid scam. Isn't it crazy how it's all that really- works that these prominent figures all are involved in this stuff for well, decades that, on end? That explains why the the conspiracies work. They just the only few people really need to know. Bill Barr is one of those people. Fauci is one of those people. Only a few people need to work. And if you have confidence in that person, if you make that give that person a little personal a cult of personality, then they can just tell everyone what to do and people will do it and it'll be reasonable for them to do it. And they are not going to ask why. Yes. And I want to tell you a thought I had about mask right after this word from our sponsor. Hey, what's up, guys? With the world as crazy and unpredictable as it currently is, the time to start living a truly sustainable lifestyle, a lifestyle of rugged independence, is right now. And Neighbors Feed and Seed has everything you need to help you do just that. Small engine repair, garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feed, chicken feed, premium pet food. Neighbors has it all. And right now, they want to give Propaganda Report listeners an opportunity to try one of their new products, Southern Nights CBD Oil, at a 20% discount. So go to NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com or visit the store in person if you live in the Smyrna area and use the promo code PROPREPORT. That's one word, all caps, P-R-O-P-R-E-P-O-R-T, and you'll get 20% off of your CBD oil purchase. Look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Neighbors Feed and Seed is a fantastic business ran by friendly, knowledgeable, liberty-minded people who bend over backwards to help their customers in any way that they can. Check it out. I promise you, you're going to love it. Also, Neighbors Feed and Seed has got a whole bunch of chickens right now that they're selling. So if you need some chickens, you're in the Smyrna area. Little get chicks. Some chicks. Yeah. Little chicks. So uh, I just wanted to tell people that I've been releasing these tickets down the pyramid for our meetup in July at Neighbors. So tonight, last night at midnight was Friends of the Show. And tonight at midnight, we're going to open it up to Patrons of the Truth. So check it out. If you're a patron of the truth or higher, you will get access at midnight Eastern tonight to our tickets for that. So thank you very much for hosting that Neighbors Feed and Seed. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. So mask, a lot of talk of mask in the news, a little bit more lately than last week, I would say. Seen Fauci doing the interviews. I think I mentioned on the Patreon 15 yesterday how the other day Fauci was interviewed about wearing a mask while jogging. He then said that that is kind of like being waterboarded. But after saying that, he then still recommended wearing a mask while jogging, which I thought was very, very interesting. I would never wear a mask while jogging personally. But I was thinking about mask and what a mask does, and you know this, historically it gives people, it makes you anonymous, it makes you, it takes away your individuality, de-individualizes people, and it turns them into a collective when there's a bunch of people together wearing that mask, and it makes that collective capable of doing something that the individual would never do because they're not hiding behind that veil of anonymity. And I've noticed a trend. At first, we were seeing a diverse range of masks. People had different types of masks or kind of personalizing it to themselves. More the superhero mask, the individual mask. But I've seen 
a move away from that trend. I've started to see less and less diverse masks and more uniform-looking masks. And the mask that I have seen emerge as the dominant mask in culture right now is a mask that I'm calling the mask of Biden. And it is that mask that Joe Biden demonstrated to the public the first time that he left his basement and went out into public on Memorial Day when we saw that famous picture of him wearing the mask side by side with Trump not wearing the mask. And Biden has on that black mask that loops on both the left and right ear, the one that is now being sold at the front of just about every convenience store, every Target, every Walmart. My uncle even had it on the other day. My uncle is by no means a Biden fan, but I saw that mask and I'm like, everybody's starting to get this black mask of Biden. Vote for the black mask. Vote for Biden. And I think there's some cultural, psychological stuff going on here where if you have this black mask, you are aligned even maybe at an unconscious level with this group of Biden supporters. Two things, one about Biden and one about masks. There was an article in the front page of the journal today. I don't know why I'm reading that darn thing cover to cover again, but uh, it's just easier to read paper. So, it is. But, my, but my news is now like kind of dated because it goes yeah. to press before everything else. But that's all right because they, they have a lot of good stuff. The one article was about the mask that it's creating a lot of misunderstandings because you can't understand the way people are talking. And yesterday in the back seat, my son with Down syndrome was sitting in the back seat. We were going someplace. And I said, hey, take your mask off so I can understand you. And he's like, I'm not wearing a mask. But, you know, he's like a little hard to understand. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, never mind, whatever. But you really have to listen to him. And I realized that you really don't understand him a lot. And it's it makes it difficult sometimes for people to connect to him with him. He's really, really articulate compared to many children with Down syndrome, but it can cause, and I always feel that about cultural differences when people come from other countries, if there are language barriers or dress, hygiene, food, anything like that, when you can't understand each other, it creates problems, distance. So I feel like that's that if we're going to wear masks forever, it's a, it's devastating, I think, for society. But I also you can respond to that if you want. And then I just want to tell you my little thought about Biden. I just had an image of a debate with Biden, with Biden wearing a mask and Trump not wearing a mask. That they really just polarize it at that level. I don't know if that will actually happen, but when maybe I maybe no debates, maybe when I maybe. see that mask, the thing that comes into my head, and I know I look at the news more than other people, is that image of Joe Biden, and right. I I think this is a very intentional ploy, just like the thing with Zoom. Joe Biden also demonstrated Zoom first, and then everybody was doing Zoom. If you go to Twitter or even your text or whatever, and press on the the GIF thing, the GIF or GIF people call it, but the graphic image thing. If you put in Biden and it comes up and there's a picture of him with that mask on, you can be assured it's meant to be Mimi. That's so great. I'm going to try out. that after this yeah, show. So, but here's something I thought about Biden. I think he's going to ride off in the sunset one way or the other, whether they use he gets elected and they use the 25th Amendment or he doesn't get... I don't know. He doesn't get nominated. I really don't know. But I think that his end game here is to get they they'll investigate it'll be called a witch hunt against him blah 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 they're still pursuing hunter biden ukraine is is just came up with this they found six million dollars of cash as a bribe 
to prevent the Burisma investigation. They said it has nothing to do with Biden, whatever, but there are two competing anti-corruption organizations in Ukraine. The one that's called ANTAC, Anti-Corruption Center, something that's Soros, and the U.S. feds. The other one, I think it begins with an N, is the real one, I think, and they're the ones who found it. So there could be a lot of stuff going on, and I just anticipate that Biden will end up making a Jeffrey Epstein-type plea agreement where or some kind of settlement where he gets a slap on the wrist, nothing, because I think Biden's their investment in China is worth probably a billion dollars. I don't know. Pat, I got that from Schweitzer's book. And uh and that it will insulate just about everybody involved, the bulgers, Kerry, all the actual fraudsters who were in bed with the Bidens over the years. I just anticipate that that's really where this is all going to end up, that it's keeping him and a lot of other people out of jail if he can make what you called from day one, the concept of him being criminal, a uh, Trump talking point. Yes, an intentional release of a secret. I've been reading a lot about this in occult the way that they operate, occult organizations. And we've talked about this also, that sometimes we feel like things are put out there for us to go waste our time digging in on the details Mm -hmm. to expose these secrets. Well, this is a strategy, a strategy of secrecy with the intent of the secret being released. So to cause exactly what we've talked about in the past to distract people and take them off. Well, I don't think this is a distraction. I I I think that it's going to be used as a way for him to get legal immunity from all of his crimes. That that was that's what I was going to. It talks a lot about that. By doing that, you can nullify the effect of it by controlling the release of the secret. Absolutely. It's what Corbett called inoculating people with. With truth or from truth. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So you control the release of it and then, you know, you control the consequences, which is probably not going to be much in Biden's case. There was a new video of George Floyd being held down by the police officer that was released. I don't know why it wasn't released before. It's probably more of this intentional release strategy to pull the public along. But it is hard to watch. I don't even know if I would recommend watching it. It was very – I watched a minute of it. I think it's like five minutes. And it's footage from cell phone cameras of people who were standing around. And they're telling – they're begging police officers. They're saying he's not moving. Get in there. Stop. Stop. You know, help him. Why are you letting him do this? So people pleading with the police officers, it does not look good at all. For From different angles? It appears, yes. I had not seen this angle before because the angle that you see, it gives you a very disturbing image of what happened. It's not, I mean, I, I was having visions of that today after watching yesterday. It's it's disturbing wow. to watch. I can usually put up with a lot of yeah. stuff like that on video. So but there's... Was, n- you're totally confident it's all authentic. It was an organic. I'm not telling you, do you know? I'm just saying it looked like an organic event from did, start to finish I mean, from everything you've ever seen. I'm just asking. I'm not concluding. My I don't, instinct right I don't here know. is to say yes, but I also know that this stuff can be fabricated. I, I'm well aware of that, so I can never say 100% for sure, and, and I would have to look at the video with that mindset. I would have to say, I'm looking to see – if I'm analyzing this from a standpoint of is it some sort yeah, of maybe a later stage thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, but honestly, I don't want to look at that video again. Let me ask you this: Have you noticed in? I saw in only one angle a cop wearing a mask. Yes. 
you've noticed people wearing masks in the video? No, that that one guy. I Just saw the, one. Yeah, that guy. That's the thing. Like, I, I want to go back and look at that and see if that mask was real or if that mask was kind of deep faked on there. Because like I've wondered if they were, that the incident was authentic, but it wasn't, it didn't happen when they said it happened. Yeah. So that they were waiting to release it when they felt they could really spark something 10 weeks into the lockdown or whatever. So that's the only thing. I just keep waiting for something to give me that date. You know, we did talk in the OSS manual that I've been reading from. It talks about manipulating timestamps and date stamps and articles. I did uh, want to do a shout out. Can I give a shout out? Go for it. Sorry. Uh, I've, this one's been on hold. I've had a few. We have these patron saints. I love them. I always want to say thank you to them. This patron saint is a guy who runs a website called truehempscience.com. And you know what, Binkley? You and me are getting presents in the mail. Oh, yeah? I'm pretty That's excited awesome. about it. Yes, he has CBD ingestibles and topicals. I've never ingested CBD, but I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I have used CBD oil for muscle soreness, and it's been effective. So I'm pretty excited about getting the free sample pack. I want to thank True Hemp Science for their support of this show. And I also want to suggest that people share the show because it is Share the Show Tuesday. I, I know forgot. this. Was not our last story. We have a couple of minutes left, but while I was interrupting the flow, I thought I would point out that this would be a great time for you to subscribe to us on every podcasting feed you use that really helps us go up in the search engines, share the show across all social media, and find a person or two. I've gotten two emails recently saying that three different people were completely woken up to the truth because of our show, Pinkley. Really? Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was amazed. And I think people are really ripe for it now because they used to think that I went a little too far with like, oh, this is fake. That's fake. And now they're like, okay, yeah, there's something wrong here. And seven billion people are just locking themselves in their house because Simon said on a glowing box, like you're not experiencing yourself. So this is the opportunity for you to find somebody who's scratching his head and say, why don't you take a listen to the drive time news blast, which we might have to rename the daily news blast. Cause is anyone ever going to drive People, again? I, I drove down <laughs> to the hospital the other day and traffic, there was still no traffic. Although I no have tra- seen traffic yeah. pick up in other parts of the day. We'll see. Yeah. We'll anyway, see. I'm sure you have lots more stories. I have a ton for patron 15, but do you have one more for the, the regular folks? I can give you one quick one. Stand up comedy has resumed. I don't know if they were following the shutdown orders and resuming, but the show, the one show that I am aware of that happened in Atlanta, it was BYOM, Bring Your Own Microphone. So the comedian, wow. that was my, my question was, well, the microphone is the dirtiest thing there. Everybody's putting their mouth right. on it, so how's that going to be handled? Well, bring your own microphone. Do you like my new setup? I, I got do. a new Looks pop good. guard because people were, I got, I complained about plosives. So you I know anyone who uses out, the word got plosives? got good is, kind of pop guards now. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty hip. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content we post every day that we do at D&B, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. And Monica, you had something to say? I have a crazy story about eBay that I'm going to tell you in the Patreon oh, 15. I, I mean, it's crazy. It involves fetal pigs and cockroaches. I can't wait for that. <laughs> 
We'll talk to you guys later or in the Patreon 15. <laughs>